It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management team for installations, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan, the Jankas are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools and, might I add, just local legends in general. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and a longtime member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hello again, friends. It's time for three-point podcast episode 174. We are back from the 4th of July break and ready to go. I'm Ted Fatel of Z92.5 with ESPN's Matt Burns on the phone and Jared Fatel of Valley Sports Detroit right here in the studio with me. Our great partners include Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association of Michigan, Corona Connection, Hankard Sportswear, JJ's Excavating and Tree Services, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Owasso Speedway, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and of course, Z92.5 The Castle. I'm going to use a term here Jared loves to use right out of the rip. We're going to give Matt the microphone here. Is that, did I say it right? I don't know. I bet. I get. I think maybe you're confusing me with somebody else, but maybe that is my saying. I don't know. I, I, well, well, anyway, I want to give Matt the opening here on our catch-up segment. Take it away, Matt. That, well, well, first I'll say that is definitely one of Jared's go-tos right off the rip. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, it probably I, is. I think you used, yeah, you used it right. But I would assume you're you're talking about that. I've got a little a little bun in the oven coming on the way. And a boy and a and a baby boy coming, right? Yep, a baby boy. So yeah, we're uh, expecting number two supposed to be coming January of 2022 so still a little ways away but yeah so a little boy which I mean, we've talked about my daughter on this podcast she's five and a half so mm-hmm. my wife and I just because you know all we've had is the girl to kind of as far as our parenting goes we were just like expecting girl we were just like yeah. well it's kind of all we know it's <laughs> going to be a girl we're just kind of set to have girls so when we saw little boy we were both kind of like blown away like can I what? Like, you know <laughs> Can I just be the oh, yeah. shocker of maybe this podcast's entire history? You didn't have a gender reveal. I, I would have bet probably a million dollars that that was coming on this Fourth of July trip. Something lake oriented too, right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, like uh, jumping off the water, jumping and doing a flip into the water. Somehow it's blue. I don't know. Or peeing in the water and funny. it turns blue. Yeah, it's funny you say that because we were going to. It wasn't going to be anything like crazy or whatever. Like you know, some of the videos you see. But I did look up quick and see that some of these, you know, like the fireworks stands that you see pop up around 4th of July, they actually have, of course they do nowadays, they have gender reveal fireworks that are basically those, like, huge fountains or, like, smoke bombs. So I, like, told my wife, I was like, on our way up to the lake, should we stop and, like, get a blue one? And on the 4th of July, just, like, set it off and say, here we go. And we kind of just forgot about it. So Thank God. But we did did think about it, but, you know, we didn't do anything crazy. But, yeah, we're, we're super excited and... Uh, Claire is just like, she just keeps asking about being a big sister and stuff. So, so yeah, it's going to be really fun. Yeah, she's going to be a great big sister for sure. It's going to be fun. So have you kind of thought of, like, what type of sports dad you're going to be? Are you going to be the overbearing one? Are you going to be the one putting your son, like, in AAU tournaments left and right? Uh, you're going to be, like, Julian Edelman's dad, you know, taking him to the tennis courts and having him catch footballs around, like, posts and stuff. What are what type of dad are you going to be? I, see, I don't know. Like, I, I'd like to think I'll be – not like drill sergeant, but I'll be like, you know, pushing to try and like, you know, be be the best yep. athlete you can be, you know, or whatever it is. But I definitely, I, I don't want to be like that. I definitely want to, 
let him decide if he wants to golf or if he doesn't even want to get into sports or, you know, if he wants to be in band or, you know, like whatever he wants to be, I'm going to be cool with. Because it's something like I, I never played soccer, but like say all of a sudden he's going to be gung-ho about soccer. Well, I guess I'm going to have to become a soccer dad or even, you know, Claire. Claire plays a little bit of soccer, so I've learned a little bit about it. So, you know, I, at this point I'm just like – I'm going to figure it out and yeah. kind of see how it goes, roll with the punches and whatever these kids are into. That's cool with me. You know, and I, I think I really believe this, that there's something about nature, but I think nurture really can overpower more than nature, if you know what I'm talking about. I mean, if you raise the, the, the boy and you're watching sports at home on TV, you're taking him to sporting events. I mean, Jared's a good example of it. Your dad exposed you guys to nonstop sports when you were little kids and you know, all three of you played sports at a yeah. high level. I mean, it just comes natural that the kid, you know, wants to be like dad. Yeah, my, my wife my wife and I have talked about that a lot. Like, we, we like to stay active. My wife really likes to run, and we go to we go to the gym, and we go on bike rides and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. One, because we like to be active and try and stay fit and in shape and stuff like that. But we do think basically what you just said, like, the more that they see us doing it, the more they're going to think like, oh, running is fun or bike riding is fun or, you know, stuff like that. Swimming is fun. So that's kind of what we're thinking. And, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm not gonna, definitely not going to be one of those like, like Bryce Harper's dad throwing baseballs at him when he first learns to walk or something like that. Like if, if he wants to go out and learn how to play football – I'll show him. I'll show him how to catch a football, like like I did when I was growing yeah. up, and maybe he can keep some records in the family. You know, Matt, if you wanna, yeah, you got to go the Earl Woods route, where Tiger's in the crib and he's sitting there swinging a golf club in front of him, uh, like for an hour every single day. Uh, here's a question that I have: uh, Name? Do you have any idea? I'm just gonna throw this out there. I think the name. Matty Burns Jr. Matty Burnsy Jr. It's fire. I, I think you got to stick with a junior. I've, yeah, it's, I've thought about a junior, and it's funny. Like I, I told, I went into work today, and some people were like telling me congrats and stuff, and like three people asked me, like, "Oh, so you can finally be? You, you got your junior?" And I like as much as my wife and I have been throwing out names. You know, you can Google like cool names from the seventies or like cool current names. You know, you can just like look up whatever kind of names you want. I've honestly it never crossed my mind to have a junior. And so now that people have, now that you've even brought it up, I yep. started to think about it a little bit. What's the Maybe I'll throw it out to my wife. What's the philosophy in the Burns household? I know both of my daughters kept it completely under the vest until the babies were born on what their names were going to be. There was no leaking of that. We knew what the sex was, but we didn't know any names. Are you keeping that to yourselves, or once you decide, you think you're going to let the family know? No, we've yeah, we've we've already told some names that we've thrown around, and I don't know, like we, we were, even with Claire, you know, we didn't keep anything secret or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it's perfectly fine that people that do want to wait to reveal it, you know, on the, the birthday or whatever, but... We're not keeping anything secret. So whenever we figure it out, everyone will know. Awesome. We'll have the world premiere announcement here yep. on Three Point Podcast, right? That's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, uh, also, before and again, congratulations from us and all our listeners. That's awesome news, Matt. Uh, now, we did see on your weekend you were, like Jared said in his little video, uh, lakeside once again. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I mean, I've, I think I've talked about it in here before. We found there's a lake north of Charlotte that we just love going to, Lake Norman, like, all the NASCAR drivers have houses on this lake. Michael Jordan has, like, three houses on this lake. So it's like, I'm not saying that we live up there, so I'm not putting <laughs> us on the level of those yeah. people, but it's just, like, a super nice lake is, like, the point I'm trying to make. And we have found this Airbnb that we just completely love. It's right on the water. Um, the person has, like, canoes and kayaks and paddle boards, little beach area, a dock to jump off of. So it's, like, absolutely perfect for what we look for. And so we love going up there, and it was People shoot off fireworks all around the lake so we can sit there and have a campfire and just watch the fireworks go off and have some good food. So perfect for the 4th of July. Unlike it sounds like what Jared was doing for the 4th of July. Dude, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, had, you had a 4th of July from hell or something <laughs> it sounded like. Well, I mean, I was working for a week straight, which I, I mean, I'm not complaining about because, I mean, yeah, money, one and two. I mean, just we're so like slow in the summer with only the Tigers that basically I'm off more days than I'm working. So I'm never going to complain about working um but here's why it's also not that big of a deal to me and i said this in our little you know 45 second video on twitter fourth of july other than the food i will agree quick side note other than the food which matt posted about on twitter i'll agree with him this is the fourth of july is the best food spread 
of the entire year over Thanksgiving, over Christmas, over any other food day. It is the best. It's my favorite type of food. It's just overall the best. And no, Ted, that's not your 4th of July spread, which is hot dogs with only mustard and onions uh, or whatever the heck it was that one day. By the way, it was fortunate that he had to work, so he couldn't critique my barbecuing this year. That was that was a bonus. Well, if you well, at least you cooked it this year. Remember, that was a problem a couple years ago when you didn't even cook the food on your grill. Uh, but anyway, I, 4th of July, I, Matt, you, I, I have a feeling you're going to be on the total opposite end of the spectrum. But that's because you grew up going to the lake. You grew up going, you know, West Michigan. I didn't. Basically, 4th of July, all 4th of July ever was, to me, was a day that I just mowed yards. That's basically the only thing that I ever correlated with. I never went anywhere, never did anything. And unless the 4th of July falls on a Friday or a Saturday, I just flat out think it's just kind of another day. Just a, It's just a day off in the week you get. I, it's, I don't know. I'm That's just me. curious, though, when you were high school age, didn't your buddies have cabins up north, and didn't you go hang out with them up north or not? Uh, three years ago, I did go to South Higgins Lake, or maybe it's North, whatever the one where the big party is. That was a blast. I'll right. be the first one to admit it. But that was the day that 4th of July was on a Saturday, mm-hmm. and it kind of aligned perfectly. And I didn't even – actually, that same weekend, me and my brothers and one of my buddies actually got kicked out of where we were staying. <laughs> Apparently, we were too raunchous. So I don't ha- – I have no connections to any of those lakes, any of those beaches. Uh, I have some friends who have, you know, places on – lake who knows what that i just don't see the fun in that i don't see, i i'm not gonna lie i don't see the fun in just sitting on like let's say the lake has i'm the only boat on the lake i i just don't see the the appeal of that on a fourth of july oh, fair enough and i'm glad you had a chance to work made some money <laughs> you know keep putting it away yep. uh we did miss you at our little get together we yep. in fact i'm with matt um i think we've talked about it before guys you're kind of a negative fourth of july fan as far as the holiday spectrum goes i think the fourth of july is my favorite holiday well i mean it's your it's like i said like i said at the very rip the people with the lakes the people with the house on the lake the boats it's your super bowl i mean that's why you get it is for that day pretty much every year so i'm never gonna fault you for saying because it would be awesome if i had a boat but like i said when i'm just landlocked and (laughs) you know basically with nothing to do work the next day it's just not that great of a day to me yeah well i actually for an old geezer I had back-to-back nights where I got home into my bed around 1.30. Started off Friday night, wow. went, went up to Bay City and watched our, our group, Chi-Town. Uh, they they uh, played at a street party. Awesome setup there in Bay City. They, there was two, two full blocks, nothing but bars, and they had their <laughs> stage set up at one end of the block, and we just partied like savages. We stayed for the full four sets and <laughs> came home afterwards. And, you know, the next day was a little rugged, but that's when the, our, our lake party began. And by the way, I got to give you some credit, Jared. We posted a little bit. Uh, the backdrop you did for Chi Town was spectacular. Yeah, they they added um, or Casey, who I'm not sure who did, but they added an American flag to the background of it. But yeah, the the I mean, here's what I'll say about that is yeah, I did do that, and it it is cool. But anyone who has the access <laughs> to the software that I have at this work could have done it. So I, sh- I it's, a lot of people are saying like you know it looked great, and that, I appreciate it. But when I say it took me you know 20, 30 minutes, that's what it took. I'm me. sure so. Matt could relate to that. Yeah, it, exactly. For me, it was very impressive. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You you do it in school, and now you're doing it professionally. So like you're you're trained to do it in twenty or thirty minutes. That's something that might take other people hours to do. So yeah, but yeah definitely cool. But I mean, the big question is. Talked about your party, Ted. You yep. had a good time. You partied like you were 18, 20 years old again. Yes. Did you get the pontoon up and running? Yeah, well, Jared was curious about that. Yeah. And uh, you were you were kind of dodging it, to I be honest. I was dodging it a little bit. But, uh, no, the boat is up in full force. It was the thermostat. Wow. I, I basically changed it out. It was pretty simple. And, they you know, knock on wood, I think it's back in not full operation. I mean, I've driven it now total hours, six hours, and it's, it's good to go. So, yeah, and and Jared put the pressure on me because he was 100% right. If that boat wasn't running by the 4th of July, it was going to be a lost yeah. summer. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I can't, I'm going to give you kudos. I can't believe that you actually got that thing running. I, wow. And it's is all I could say. Yeah, I I wouldn't even know where to start with a boat or something like well, that. Well, you you guys would know where to start. You go you start with Google and then you look it up on YouTube and there are so many testimonials on how to fix stuff yeah. on YouTube. Anybody can fix anything nowadays. I'm sure Matt, as a as a handyman around the house, you've you've looked up a thing or two on YouTube, haven't you? I am. I will be the first one to admit it. I am as far from a handyman as <laughs> yeah. there is. I've always I've told my wife like anytime things are going to have to be. I can do minor things. I'm not going to say it like that. I can do your your basic stuff, but like 
anything with a car, it's yeah. going straight to a mechanic. Anything, you know, toilets or plumbing, unless it's like just using a plunger, uh, we're, we're calling a, a plumber or whatever. But, yes, to your point, if, if it was an emergency and I really wanted to learn or figure something out, yeah, you can YouTube anything. You can YouTube, like, how to build a house now. Yeah. <laughs> like, stuff like that. So, yeah, you can figure stuff out. Well, wrapping up my weekend, fellas, I mean, the boat back running, we had another great outing, another great fireworks display at the lake. We did miss the Fatel boys, but you guys all got different things going on, especially Josh, who lives in Arizona. But uh, Sunday, uh, you know, had a chance to, this was, Sunday was the 4th, 4th of July, yeah. and went to downtown Corona, hung out with your mom and dad and my, my dad and my wife and her brother, and watched the Corona Parade, Okay. I have to say, and I'm not dissing the volunteers, I'm not dissing people that put it together, but can you guys imagine going to a parade, not one single marching band? What I mean, I was disappointed. <laughs> to be honest, that's not, that's a minuscule complaint. I, I'll be the first one to admit, this is another thing, and like, it goes hand it in hand with the whole 4th of July thing. I've never understood the whole parade thing. Like the whole watching the Rose Bowl parade on TV, never understood that. Never understood going to the parades downtown. It just never was. It, I just never saw the thrill of it. Not a parade guy. How about you, man? Yeah, I mean, listen, listen to this guy hating on the Fourth of July, hating on, <laughs> hating parades. on parades. Are you honestly going to tell me what you like to do? <laughs> I, I know. I, I hate to be the cynical one. It's just I, I have some bad. Okay, are you honestly defending parades right now? What? Well, I'm not dissing parades. Think, think I'm of, dissing think the of, fact you dis- they didn't have a band. Here's problem number one. The problem with this parade was the fact that they didn't have a marching band. <laughs> problem number one is that the marching band is the thing that you circle as like you need it. It's it's a marching band. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it right <laughs> on the like, line here. A, a parade without a marching band is not a parade. <laughs> a parade without a marching band is like the Macy's Day parade without all the floats. Yeah, like it, it it just doesn't make sense. I think a parade, like, yeah, there's a window when you kind of appreciate it. You know, kids love it because they get candy thrown at them or there's floats or whatever. And then, you know, adults like it because you see your kids or your grandkids and stuff. I think it's a big community event, too. So especially, like, in Corona or Owasso or something, you like to see those local bands or the middle school bands or, like, if the cheerleaders go out and do stuff, you know. I think it's just a cool community event, especially on a nice day. You get to see some of your friends or whatever, so... Man, Jared, maybe yeah. you just need to like just work all I, the time. Just- I'll end on a I'll, I'll end on a positive note with the Fourth of July. It's the best time to be in Corona. It's you know how they always talk about how like Ann Arbor becomes the biggest city in the in the world on Saturdays. That's like Corona becomes a little bit bigger yeah. on uh, the Fourth of July. The so that's pretty cool. Bar, I, you know, big car show. And best everything. day to go for a cruise is the Fourth of July. Yeah, and, and, and just real quick back. I don't want. I want to make it clear. I'm not dissing the people that didn't participate <laughs> in band because I realize that you know it's summer and they're on break and it's probably yeah. difficult to put it together. But just for my viewing pleasure. I didn't enjoy it as much. And a little side note, you know, Jared, you always like to hear little things about your Uncle Ted, don't you, that maybe you don't know? Yeah. I am kind of became a parade slappy back when I was a little kid. You've seen my picture of marching in the parade in my uh, Little League uniform. Well, before that even, when I was like 10 or 11 years old, okay, my dad hooked me up to be a paper boy for the Detroit Free Press. I, and I got for one of my birthdays one of these sweet bi- sweet bikes, really a sweet bike. Of course, to deliver the paper, I had to have, and I was disappointed with this, to be perfectly honest, I had to put this gigantic basket on the front of this sweet bike. (laughs) So can you imagine how geeky I looked? I mean, I got this awesome bicycle that I'm cruising around town in, and I got this gigantic (laughs) basket on the front. Side note, though, back to parades. Corona has an annual Fourth uh, Memorial Day parade, and you know, young kids would decorate their bikes with crepe paper, you know, around the spokes. And the basket, I think, actually helped me take second place in the decorating contest because I wrapped the crepe paper through the basket weave too. So, <laughs> so I, I I zipped home from the parade, came home. We were sitting on the back patio, and one of the organizers came came over to our house, handed me a ten dollar bill, and says. Hey, Teddy, you took second place in the decorating okay. contest. All right. So now we get to the root of why you love parades so much. It's okay. I see. I see now. I can right. see how, after an experience like that, you probably always uh, correlate parades with that good feeling. Yeah. So I can see it. All right. There you go. Just a little backstory. We've moved. We've moved away from Ted, the sports guy, Fatel. It is now Ted, 
the parade guy, Patel. <laughs> With the geeky basket on the front of his bike. <laughs> I, th- I got one more. Th- Actually, now that this just came to my head, now that I think about this. Per- one last parade thought. I I haven't liked parades since I was a kid. I actually remember when my dad was, like, vice principal. Okay. Um, he had the opportunity to drive around, like, one of the homecoming court, like, members in, like, a Corvette. And, you know, he asked, like, me and my brothers, hey, you want to go? My brother's like, yeah. I remember I was like, no, I really don't want to go. <laughs> no interest. No interest in riding in the back of this, like, sweet Corvette. So that just kind of, it's ever since I was a little kid, I've always felt that way about parades. Well, let's just close this segment on, on your final comment there. Um, yeah. I'm just. I'm just over. Here, I'm just over here shaking my head at this guy. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, kind it's the summer grinch. I don't know. Like I said, I, don't know, I was five years old when I said no to that. So it's like I, I guess it's just you are who you are. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I love all the other holidays. I if I had to, you know, of the major holidays, if I had to say one was overrated, it, it would be the fourth. Fair enough. Fair enough. Probably, he's probably the one that hates football on Thanksgiving, and he hates. <laughs> The snow on Christmas, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> no doubt. Well, also the NBA on Christmas, and I think what we'll do is we'll segue right into that right after this. Hankard Sportswear provides a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing store with many loyal customers, a hundred percent guaranteed to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always has Karana. Owasso, and St. Paul's School Spirit items in stock. Special items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979, stop into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at hankered.sportswear. JJ's Excavating and Tree Services can help you with many homeowner items including skid steer work, footings, and gravel work along with property maintenance. JJ's Excavating and Tree Service also experts in tree removals including stump grinding. Fully insured, no job too big or too small. Call Kyle Jones of JJ's at 989-277-9059 to set up a free estimate and tell him 3 Point Podcast sent you. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right, Matt, we started with your comment on uh, the Open. I'm going to go right back to you for comment number two here for the NBA Finals. Uh, how angry have you been getting over the last, like, two months? I feel like it's been building. I see your comments here or there on Instagram, Twitter. Every time CP3 is getting bragged about or people are loving him, you're the first one in the comments saying how it's a joke <laughs> or you hate it. Uh, the most notable one was when Devin Booker said that. Chris Paul was basically like the best leader in the NBA, and you said, are you serious, or something like that. So how angry have you been growing uh, these last two months, just the fact that basically it's all leading to Chris Paul winning the NBA Finals? It's just, it's just an annoyance. I'm not, I'm not really angry. Like, like I said, I can appreciate he is one of the best point guards ever. It's just an annoyance that people like putting this guy up on a pedestal, like they're forgetting all the stupid antics he's done like his whole career it is cool to see him finally competing for a title at, what, year 16 or whatever. But, like, the one Devin Booker said, when Devin Booker, who's an incredible player, so it's not taking anything away from him, but when he said, like, he's the, he's the greatest leader in the history of the NBA, I'm like, all right, dude, you've been in the NBA for, like, three years. I don't think you're in a place where you can say that. But, so, yeah, it's more an annoyance. I think it's cool watching him play, though, for the final. Well, and you got to, like you said, you got to give him credit. I mean, right out of the gates, you know, first NBA final ever and he puts up 32 and just was a magician on the floor in game one I mean it yeah. he, he is impressive and if they stay healthy uh, I, I find it hard to believe that Milwaukee can pull it out they might be able to win a game it was impressive to see the Greek freak actually back playing it was pretty pretty active out there with 20 yeah. and 17 but you could tell it, it was bothering him his knee was bothering him yeah I mean, just flat out do does anyone here think that the Bucks have a legitimate chance like I said one game oh, I mean, maybe I, two I didn't really, even if Giannis was, like, fully healthy, I didn't think they really had a shot. Just, I, I think the Suns, even with the injuries, like, to the Lakers and the Nets, and, you know, like, just all the injuries with the playoffs, 
I do think the Suns are a, a pretty well, like, complete team with Aiton as their big man, obviously CP3. You got Jay Crowder's kind of like the do-it-all guy. Yeah. And you got obviously got Booker, who's your, like, you know, your go-to scorer or whatever. So the Suns, I think, they're just a complete team. They're really good. You know, I've come around a little bit, too. We talked about it the last time about, you know, without the marquee stars in the finals. But, you know, seeing, seeing teams that are this hungry, I think, what, uh, only one player – has had any NBA final experience on both rosters. I mean, it's, yeah, it's kind probably. of cool to see. It is, and actually, I think it is Jay Crowder is, who actually right. does have the uh, experience. Miami. Yeah, it just keeps coming. I keep thinking and coming back around to it's just like it's almost like Chris Paul really just needed a young team. And Matt, you were, you talked about it last time we recorded. You know how the Pistons should like try to build their roster this way, where you saw it with guys like Blake Griffin, people who are around Chris Paul's age they just like wouldn't take his leadership and it's almost like it's just crazy how as soon as he jumps on this team with guys like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton who are just like you know give me all the coaching you can get they both have just like exploded like leaps and bounds especially Ayton he's looking like a top 20 player in the league it's crazy no I don't have I I don't have all the knowledge you guys where did he come from did he go Arizona yeah Arizona he was there for a year I mean number one pick right out of uh um, co- uh, college and then like yeah. he's kind of just like he was a decent player and then basically people can't really figure it out these last four or five months he looks like a totally transformed player yeah. from what he's been before it, and I think you give some of the credit to Paul for that here's the thing can do you guys agree with me on this is what is so hard about being like a, a big man like think about what Dayton does well oh he he protects the rim he's somewhat quick enough where he's not going to get embarrassed like if he somehow gets uh, on a guard right. uh he catches lobs and he sets like screens I, I just don't understand how is that not something that like Dwight Howard did super well like how is this not like just a lot easier for big men to do I just don't understand it seems so easy to me well, I mean you definitely remember that the heyday of your like fandom you know with Derrick Rose and LeBron Dwight Howard you know he gets he catches a lot of flack nowadays but he used to be that guy he used to be one of the best yeah centers in the league so he used to do that I think I mean maybe to answer your question the first thing I thought of when you said that was I almost think it's harder to be a big man nowadays than back in the day and I'm not taking a shot at Ted's NBA but you know back then it was more the big guys just kind of stayed on the block but now you've got guys like Jokic and Embiid who not only can play on the block but you got to be able to go out to the perimeter and guard guys out there or you've got you know, teams that play small ball and their center is only like six nine or something. So yeah. you got to not only be able to guard on the block, get rebounds and block shots, but you got to be able to stretch the floor and stuff. So I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think if you're just a big blob down, you're not even going to have a spot in the NBA anymore. No, I, I have I to think play like DeAndre Ayton. I agree with you. I think Ayton Ayton is uh, the kind of player, the prototype NBA five yeah. guy that you're going to see moving forward. You know, when you put him out there with Paul and Booker and the other guys, that's 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 an NBA championship type of team. I got a question for you, Matt. This might be blasphemous, but uh watching Booker play. I'm not saying the mental part of the game yet, but don't you see some of Kobe Bryant in the way he plays? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. He seems like a guy that like you know, the the cliche of like can just go get a bucket anytime he wants. Just get him the ball and let him do his work and he'll get you a bucket. Yeah, he's obviously young, so like the whole like mental aspect is his game going to get to that next level? I guess we'll see. But kind of like what Jared's talking about and what we've talked about, getting to play at this point with a guy like Chris Paul, I think is only going to help him. You know, he's he's got like one of the best point guards ever that can like talk to him, lead him, set him up for shots and stuff. So, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, will he will he get to that level when five championships like Kobe did? You know, who knows? But He's definitely like he's on his way. So, so yeah, it'll be cool to see. Yeah, he has the skill set, and, and you know, once Paul's done, yeah, I could see him working and, point. Yeah, it, I hate to kind of like take credit away from the Suns, just because I mean they are the team that's like been the most healthy this whole way. But you got to admit, it's just like to win the NBA Finals over the Bucks. Like that's got to be the worst team has ever made a Finals. I, you just look at this rotation: Bryn Forbes, Pat Connaughton. Like the fact that these guys are playing significant minutes is ludicrous and maybe the most ludicrous part of this team is coach like Budenholzer I can't get over this guy every time he's on the tv I like just gotta crack up in in my mind he seems like somebody that would be like rolling around it like with your crew Ted like on the boats you know <laughs> the, down in some beers kind of beer. <laughs> yeah, it's like seems like he belongs you know out on Lake Manitou not coaching in the NBA finals I don't 
You don't, so you don't give any credit at all to guys like Middleton or Lopez. I mean, they're they're solid NBA players. They are. I, it's just like I, I feel like Giannis is still you know a few Giannis. years away away from being the guy who can win an NBA Finals. But it's just it's hard for me to look at this Bucks team and say like, man, like you know they're really talented. When I seriously think the Brooklyn Nets sweep them if they're healthy. Yeah, I think yeah. If the Nets if the Nets were fully healthy, I maybe not a cakewalk to the NBA Finals. Yeah. But I think most people would agree they they'd be in the finals if they were healthy. But that's how it goes. And yeah. Now that the Bucks are in there, I just hope I kind of hope we get a little more of a series because if it kind of goes like this, it almost seems like it might be a sweep. But I hope I hope and I'm sure ESPN and ABC they hope for a long series too. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's weird seeing NBA basketball in July though, isn't it? Uh, have they determined are they going back to their normal October starting time this coming year? Or are they still going to delay it? Do you guys know that? That's a great question. I will find the answer to yeah, it in about in a second. You can but. see I do all my homework. I mean, I, I put down a few bullet points before I show up here, and then I just run the controls. I, and I think we've about talked that. about this before. It it is like we we always wanted this schedule, right? You know, the Christmas Day starting opening day. We always thought it'd be awesome, but now that we kind of got it, I agree with you. It's it's weird the NBA Finals being in July, and I kind of hate it. I, I like the way it is. You know, with the NBA playoffs kicking off in springtime, right. and you know that June. First couple weeks in June, the NBA Finals, like where you know it just they're crank. It's the only thing on. I miss that because it really was. That's the best schedule. We didn't think it at the time, but looking back, it is. Yeah, I'm not hating it in July, but I do like it the old way better. Well, no, yeah, it definitely feels like you know on on Jared's favorite holiday, Fourth of July, (laughs) it's supposed to be the hot dog eating contest and baseball, and then you know the Midsummer Classic, MLB All Star Game by itself, basically in mid July. And now, I mean, depending on how the dates shake out. The NBA Finals might go up right with the uh, All-Star game. So yeah. it definitely feels weird, but, I mean, I'm still watching. So, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure, though. I feel like I've seen back and forth, like, players saying they want, like, a more traditional offseason. But, like, I feel like I've seen Adam Silver say that they're going to go with, like, a normal start date. So, yeah, I'm not sure on, like, a final decision. It is. I'm looking at it's. Uh, yeah, October nineteenth will be the very first day. Like you said, that's uh, like normal then. Playoffs. It's October yeah, 15th. playoffs starting April sixteenth, June second, first day of NBA finals. Good. So the team that wins the title, the two teams in the finals. I mean, they're not going to have a whole lot of rest and recovery time, but that's the way it goes, you know. Especially, yeah. Especially if I'm not let's see off the top of my head, uh, which ones are going to play in the uh, Olympics too. Oh yeah, Booker. Is Booker playing in the Olympics? Yep, Booker is. And, and actually, a lot of people thought that Aiton kind of got snubbed. I mean, Kevin Love, who I, I haven't seen him play a basketball game in five years, to be honest, with my own two eyes, uh, made the team over him. Yeah, uh, and that Galen was kinda, Rose make a stink about that? Yeah, a lot of people um, did. One last thing on this sort of this uh, series and this finals is yeah. you just got to love having all the fans back. It, it, the Phoenix Suns, it, I'm so glad that right when COVID came around, it wasn't a team that was there every year. You know, like a New England Patriots or a Boston Red Sox. I'm glad that it was the Phoenix Suns who are just experiencing this for the first time because not only do you have the, like the mass pandemonium of just people being back in stadiums, but it's just fans that have really never been here before, and they're just loving it. And I, and it seems like the crowd has so much energy every time they're playing at home, and it's just it's so such a breath of fresh air seeing the crowds back. I 100% agree. Even when you watch, uh, you know, when Milwaukee, all the fans, there's 20,000 fans yeah. outside, what do they call it, Deer Park or whatever they call it? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, it makes a big difference, I think. It's funny, you know, we don't talk about hockey very often, but, you know, you got Tampa Bay against Montreal. Tampa Bay – you know, Florida, we all know about the state of Florida and how they dealt with COVID down there. I mean, they got a jam-packed arena down there for the NHL finals. You you, you watch the games up in Montreal, there's hardly anybody in the standstill because they're still on quarantine protocol up there. That's weird to watch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's uh, let's mix it up a little bit, uh, get away from basketball. We'll have our three-point podcast potpourri coming up right after this. Boogity, 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 let's go racing. The Owasso Speedway has been building families and communities through the promotion of short track racing since 1939. Saturdays are race days at the Big O with gates opening at 4. Qualifying begins at 5 with the green flag waved and racing at 7. The Owasso Speedway's 3 8 of a mile oval high banked layout is super fast, providing thrills and action galore. Easy to get onto on M21 between Owasso and Ovid. Stay up to date on upcoming features by following the Owasso Speedway on Facebook at Owasso Speedway MI. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that's focused on your success. 
The home financing team has over 25 years of experience in origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from beginning to end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500 square foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. All right, let me start this part out, guys. I mean, the big story has been now the NCAA is letting college athletes be their their own uh, professionals as far as that goes, making money with sponsors and whatnot. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that because I see, I know Barstool is sponsoring, uh, including Jace Howard for Michigan. Uh, they're throwing some money around for some of these athletes. It's kind of an open free market right now. Yeah. What, what are your guys' thoughts? One, it's just crazy that this was never a thing in the first place. I know that we've been saying that for years and years, uh, that this should be in place, but it's cool to see. It's really, a, I don't see a loser in the, in this situation. You know, the, the brands that are reaching out and paying these guys, they clearly think that they get something out of it. So I have no problem with it, whatever, whatsoever. One thing that cracks me up about this whole thing is when this announcement was made, the amount of like people who I saw that were college athletes, like division two football players, GLIAC football players, division three people who like, as soon as the announcement came, they would like quote tweet it. Like, let's go. Like, I'm just thinking, dude, I could literally pay you 20 bucks to come mow my yard. And that's more money than you're going to get as a division two GLIAC football player from any brand awareness. So that's kind of the funniest thing about it is yeah, maybe the top 1% are going to actually make some serious cash from this. But other than that, you're not making any more money. Oh, wait a minute. When you say serious cash, I agree with you, but if you got a D D two or, you know, M I M I double a, even if you get free pizza for the school year, that's better than nothing, right? I mean, you, yeah, you, you get the local sponsors paying you some coin. To, to I just don't. Do you really think that, you know, Big Rapids, they're going to have, other than maybe like, you know, J. Rue Campbell or something like that, like the, the Harlan Hill winner from a few, do you really think they're going to go to these, like, I don't know, the safety or the middle linebacker and say, hey, like, come do some showings at our car dealership? Like, I just don't see it. I, like, what draw do those guys have? I don't know. I mean, what, they, yeah, it, it may not happen, but I think the big thing is it, it's at least, like, possible yeah. for it to be happening. So maybe that's where, like, the excitement comes. Because, like, you know, a big thing that I think I guess we'll see how it plays out is, like, how social media followings will help. Because there's that dude that plays for Michigan, Adrian Nunez, who's, I mean, he's just a bench superstar. He, like, basically never touches the floor. But he's got, like, something like 50 million followers on TikTok. So, Whoa. obviously, he plays, for, yeah. he plays for Michigan, so that's bigger than, like, Fair State or something. But it's like, so how will he be able to monetize all those followers he has on TikTok? I guess we'll see. But, you know, like, that, another thing, like, I saw um, Arkansas's whole offensive line is sponsored by one of the, like, uh, barbecue joints down in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas. So, you know, not necessarily a big thing, but kind of like what Ted said, the whole offensive line is sponsored by this barbecue joint. Yeah. So they're probably getting a little money, but they probably get, like, free barbecue yeah. for the whole school year or something. <laughs> so, you know, it's like stuff like that. And then, like, they, I saw, like, Hunter Dickinson, you know, the, the center for Michigan, yep. announced he was coming back. And he did say one of the reasons that he decided to come back was the name image likeness where he feels like, one, he can come back and work on a game, but he can also make a little money, too. So, yeah. you know, I think it's one of those things, like, we'll see how it goes. Like, obviously, the big thing would have been, like, if Johnny Manziel, if this was around when Manziel was playing, he, he'd be even more of a millionaire than he is now. Yeah. You know? So, like, yeah, obviously, like you said, the top 1%, you know, are, are going to be the ones making a ton of money. But even some of the smaller guys, if like I saw your boy, Michigan Michigan State's kicker, what's his name, Matt Coughlin, or yep. however you say it. Yep. Like right, right when, uh, right when this all went through, I saw he tweeted out, like this is a paid tweet. Everyone should go out and listen to, and it was some like Michigan State podcast. Hmm. Like stuff like that could happen. You could throw like fifty bucks at some dude that has yeah. a good following, 
tell him to just tweet out, hey, go listen to this podcast, and now that's legal. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I'm, you know, I'm not worried about stuff like that. I, I'm, you know, I'll play devil's advocate for a minute. You know, when the big money starts getting thrown around and it's a complete free-for-all, it's a free-for-all right now, right? Any Anything goes yeah. for anybody out there. You know, I'm not a person that, is is big on the government controlling things and i'm not saying the government should control this but man it just seems to me that there should be some sort of checks and balances because i know when big money's thrown out there and greed gets involved and you know shady characters yeah. i mean it, no, it, it, it could be nasty it, it definitely could um the, the thing that is kind of like the craziest part about it, I think really a lot of these guys are going to see a lot of money, even if they're not a big name, is like boosters. Mm-hmm. Like what what what, it, what I heard is like basically Miami, the University of Miami has this booster who basically is like pledging like, you know, I think it was like either 500 or 1,000 bucks to a player every single month. Wow. All the players. And it, so it adequated up to like, a fi- like half a million every year. Uh, like why not? Like it, that's one thing. Like we're Michigan football fans. I think that this benefits us greatly. We have this huge alumni base. You know, everyone talks about how we're such a popular, you, you know, fan base around the entire country. Like we're gonna get some serious boosters that can throw some weight to, like Matt said, guy like Hunter Dickinson. Uh, but if I had to ask you guys, what sport do you think the pers- the the college athlete who has the biggest social media following, like who, what sport do you think they play, and who's gonna make the most money from this? You have the answer. Or you yes. No, I have there? the answer. Uh, oh boy, go ahead, Matt. If you have a guess, well, I feel like I, I've seen some graphics. It, I think most of them are female athletes. Yeah, I think it's like some some track and field stars, or even like some basketball players, or something. Yeah, it's uh, Olivia Dune, uh, LSU gymnast. Really, M- yeah. one of the biggest followings on TikTok and Instagram out there she's they basically have said like there's no way she makes less than a million dollars like doing that like just by putting ads on her like social media feeds it's crazy uh so that's like that's one of the things that you hear is like it's funny that she was unable to do that like think of that that she would rather be an athlete than just basically step away and be like i'm gonna make a million dollars right now as soon as i stop playing it's just crazy so so like the thing the thing could be too like I like one of my friends. He ran. Uh, he ran track in college. He ran. He started at Eastern Michigan, and then uh, he went to Michigan State. Finishes finishes career there, and he talked about how like they they would have some opportunities. So obviously, this was back whatever in the like early two thousand, where like they could have maybe had held like a summer camp for high school kids. Like hey, you know. So this is like what you're talking about. Maybe that like the lower people who people don't know who they are. You know the high. The, the best players in whatever college yeah. sport. But, like, if you could go hold a camp, if you're a swimmer, if you're a golfer, and, you know, you can say, like, hey, come to Jared Fattel's golf camp and learn yeah. how to – and you can make, like, a 1000 bucks doing that, that's where, like, some of these smaller athletes will be able to make, yeah, maybe not a million dollars or whatever, but they can have, like, a swim camp, a golf camp, or, you know, something like that in the summer or in the off season and make a little bit of money. And that's kind of like – I don't know which one you said it, but it's kind of weird that – you haven't been able to do that until yeah. now because you would think that would be a good way to like kind of become like a an entrepreneur like if you have this skill set if you're a cheerleader and you can hold a little cheer camp or be the headliner at a cheer camp make a little money why why shouldn't you have been able to do that here's a question who do you guys think would have made the most money off of this if this had always been allowed i met you throughout johnny menzel Reggie Bush has to be up there. Zion, in one year at Duke, he was huge. Like, is there any other names that I'm missing, you know, when you were a kid, Ted, or Somebody anything that like that? that was electric, uh, that was in college, huh? Let me think of think on that on a moment. Uh, well, Magic I mean, Johnson. I, think, Magic I mean, what about Pistol Pete Maravich at LSU? Pistol Pete, Magic Johnson. Those yeah. are a couple that come to mind. See, the only, the only thing I think about with stuff like that is, like, if, we're, if you're taking into account, like, the time period, because obviously, like, so nowadays, like, social media – is like a huge part of it like really would did most people yeah i know pistol p was huge and magic johnson was yeah. huge but like there wasn't as much of a spotlight on those guys as like the fab five mm-hmm. or true i mean even a dude like denard denard robinson could have went and got yeah. how many shoe deals because of this whole shoelace thing he could have went to like nike or reebok and got like probably millions of dollars for not tying his shoes that's the only thing I think about with stuff like that. Yeah, and in today's day and age, let's face it, I mean, we all know it, social media is where it's at. When you, Like you said, 50 million followers or yeah, whatever. Yeah, crazy. And that's where you're, <laughs> you're going to make your money, and that's the future of, of, of a lot of businesses that way. Too. Were you ever – I'm kind of surprised. Were you ever in the camp of that it should stay amateur? 
Seems like that's kind of the old school way yeah, of thinking. at one time I was, but I think the times have changed. You know, I mean, I I wasn't really thrilled when they started sending professionals to the uh, to the Olympics, but I was wrong on that. You yeah. know, when the dream team started off, I mean, we saw how huge that was and how popular. You know, I, you got to roll with the flow sometimes. But originally, I I was all for the amateurs staying in it, but I've changed my mind. <laughs> I'll be curious to see just maybe to tie this off, like a, a school like Oregon. You know, who has such a big tie with uh, Nike and Phil Knight. That's kind of like what you were kind of talking about, Jared. Like, I almost feel like Oregon. I think I actually saw one of their players did already sign a deal with Nike or something. Yeah, huge Like, if you have someone like Phil Knight behind your football program, I mean, you could basically get whoever you want, it seems like. No, I yeah, and I like you said, I did see the player that just signed with him. What a natural just pipeline. I mean, the guy's wearing a headset in the press box. You don't think that he's going to be feeding some of these guys some money or some Nike deals, whatever it takes. Right. Um, one thing we haven't talked about in a long time, and we should, the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. They have been balling lately since uh, May May 8th is the actual date. They are 29-23 and 23 since then. They started the season 9-24. and 24. I mean, they're quickly calling, crawling back up to 500, and I think the, really the only logical reason for that is two people. A.J. Hinch, how do you not put this guy in the best managers in baseball category? And number two, Akil Badu. Just bring in some pure electricity to this, like, ball club. He started off, he, you know, he had the red-hot start. He really cooled down. Since then, I think basically since the last, like, two months, he's batting over 300. He's had a lot of huge plays. The sacrifice squeeze with Robbie Grossman where he stole home. I, I just love this guy, and I'm so glad that I was – vindicated and saying this guy is a is a, he's a major league ball player he's proven that he's going to be in the leagues you know for for the foreseeable future and i hope that he just stays in the detroit tigers colors well you know the guy he he's gotten a lot of bad press in the past but you got to say the general manager avila yeah I mean, he he's drafted some of these kids that look like they're going to pan out i mean i have to agree with you that the tigers right now and and their schedule is really favorable but their young talent they have, I mean, it all starts on the mound. you got Mize and Scooble and some of the other starters. You know, Soto's an all-star pitcher yep. this year. Uh, and, and they don't even have Boyd or Turnbull right now. I know. They're two best pitchers. And, and by the way, you can almost mark it down right now. Uh, they're going to get Justin Verlander for a farewell tour, and I think that would that'd be awesome. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, and especially if he sees – I mean, obviously, he probably still has the mindset that he can be the ace of a pitching staff, but especially if he sees the Tigers with guys like Mize, Scooble, maybe Matt Manning kind of starts right. coming around, and or you know they might draft another guy. If he can see that, okay, I don't necessarily have to be the workhorse of that staff. Yeah, I, I could definitely see him coming back to Detroit. He he's always talked about he loved Detroit. He know how he knows how much the fans still love him. It would be cool to see, but I think that's a big thing. It like. You said it right off the top, Jared. AJ, you have to give Hinch so much credit because yes. this this roster, everyone said, was one of the worst rosters in the league. You know, coming into the season, and they've completely turned it around. It's not like they're World Series contenders at this point, but to see them, like you said, creeping towards 500 is probably one of the more impressive things, like in all of baseball this year. You know, and and you know, Cabrera's not carrying them on his back anymore either. You know. Yeah, I mean these young kids are going to be fun to watch. And think about it, guys. I mean they got Torkelson and Green down in Double A. They'll they'll be up next year. Or they'll probably be up before the end of this year. To, yeah, to, to and to get some. Experience. And I, I know a lot of people don't follow their minor leagues because of my job. I've I've been keeping an eye on these guys. I mean they've been balling out in the minors. Yeah, uh, like they've been climbing through the ranks this year. Like you said, it would not be shocking if they're on the team by the end of the they year. Got, I see they got this eighteen-year-old kid Roberto Campos that's uh, got all kinds of potential. And on top of that. They got the number three yep. pick in the draft coming up, so they're going to get a stud right out of the gates. They might get a, another good pitcher, maybe one of Vanderbilt's pitchers. Yes, yeah, that's the one that everyone keeps circling is, yeah, Vanderbilt's pitcher. I had like a no-hitter and basically led that team all the way through the World Series. At the end of the day, though, this team, it what's most important, and I've said it before, is the development of Mize, Scooble, and Manning. Yes. Uh, Matt Manning didn't have a great outing uh, last week. He only pitched two and a half innings uh, before he was pulled, but he's still a young guy. He's still got plenty of time like to kind of figure it out, and like you guys teased a little bit ago, Justin Verlander, why not bring this guy in? I don't care what it takes, what type of trade it takes. If we can get him around these young, this super young bullpen, this super young rotation, just to mentor them in like a Chris Paul role, what is better than that? I think it's going to happen. I really do. Yeah, and the thing is, too, like like you kind of said, this is starting to give like 
you were talking about Badu being like a spark plug, like the excitement. I don't know. Like it's almost starting to look like a turnaround, like in 2003, 2004, 2005, you know, around that time where the Tigers were terrible for a while, obviously, in the late 90s. And then, you know, they just started getting kind of exciting. You know, Pudge came in, Maglio came in, he started getting some good pitchers and stuff. And then, then next thing you know, like a bunch of free agents and stuff were signing with the team because they were actually good. So it's starting to almost like send off those vibes a little bit. You got a good manager. So, I mean, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but it, it's definitely cool to see something actually happening positive you know oh. it doesn't look like it doesn't look like doomsday you know 100 percent. and if you, if you have a good young nucleus and you can sign a couple free agents and they will sign with a team that's on the up and up you know that has that can be a playoff contender for the next decade i think think the future looks bright and let's face it i mean i can tell you from a long time experience detroit is a baseball town you put a winning product out there man they're going to be jamming that stadium and talk about fun on a summer evening, going yeah. to the Tiger game with a full house down there at Comerica. i got a question for you, Jared. Um, are you doing most of your work in Southfield, or are you at the stadium? So I actually time? got to go down to the stadium for the first time uh, just a few days ago, actually, mm-hmm. um, to sort of watch and try to learn like when they're down in the truck. It's always crazy to me that the whole TV production is put on inside of like a trailer. Right. It, like it, just, it just blows my mind every time I step into one of those. And, Matt, I don't know if you've ever had to deal with sitting in one of those, but – it just seems so claustrophobic, and it's just crazy, but it's impressive how powerful that technology is where they can shoot this signal to all these different TVs all across, you know, wherever, and it's all done within this little trailer. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool, and I, I always I, – I'm used to it because I've just been doing it so long, so I just – I know how it works or whatever, so it's cool to hear you, like, getting your – kind of like your first taste at stuff like that. And I just always think, like, if people at home who don't know how this works knew – all the moving parts that go into putting this thing on TV, they probably wouldn't yell when, like, one of the scores is wrong or if the camera cuts a little weird. And people are like, oh, ESPN is trash or, oh, Fox Sports Detroit is trash, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. Like, you got to realize how much goes into this. One little mistake, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, we saw that in the hot dog eating contest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right on that. It cracks me up is – Something that is on the screen on TV for about 20 seconds yeah. could take me up to an hour, two hours to make, which is really? kind of what's, a, you know, some of the more creative things like a music video or something yeah. like that that's in and out in 20 seconds. You know, that's something that could have took two hours to make. Well, some, oh, some I've definitely I've definitely worked on some projects where, like, I had a whole day, sometimes two days to do these things for, like, an NFL show or yeah. college game day. And it was, like you said, it was like a 30-second piece. but you got to make it perfect yeah it's it's just it's just funny that uh all that goes into it uh one thing that i wish would have been done better on tv is the match phil mickelson what you were the first one that brought it up right before the show what in god's green earth were they thinking with the tuesday at five o'clock start i didn't even know what was going on until it's halfway through game one of the nba final (laughs) you're saying you didn't know no and i was i didn't see any of it i'm target audience about number one for that i love football i love quarterbacks i love golf i love great golf courses and they scheduled it at maybe the worst possible time where you don't hear any like you didn't hear anything on Twitter about it. Whereas like in the past matches, like there were so many like highlights from it, yeah. and your Twitter feed was buzzing about it. This had nothing, and I 100% blame it on the scheduling. It right. just made no sense to me. Yeah, do you, do you think they maybe thought like they wanted to lead into the NBA Finals? Like, hey, maybe people will sit down and watch this before they watch the NBA Finals or something. Because I'm right with you. I had no idea that it was happening until I did kind of like hop on Twitter and saw some people talking about it, saw some videos of like Tom Brady and, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And I was like, wait, wait a minute, is this thing happening right now? Yeah. I had no it, idea. And it, it was cool. You know, obviously there's a lot of the great moments. My favorite thing that I saw from it was two things. The Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady just playing catch with the football beforehand. I mean, I, saw that. I could sit and watch those guys play catch in my backyard for an entire afternoon and not get bored. Uh, so that was awesome. Uh, just Aaron Rodgers literally flipping his wrist and the ball is just zipping out of his hand. It's crazy. Uh, but number two, Montana and golf courses in Montana. Wow. If you don't know, if you did not watch any of the match, you need to look up this course, Moonlight Basin in Montana. Wow. It, bears are everywhere. It's in like a mountain. The fairways are pristine. There's trees everywhere. I just, I've never seen a course like that beautiful. It's kind of crazy. Now, when you watched the highlights or watched whatever you watched, was it as good as the first one? 
No, I, one, there's no Tiger. Right. Two, people kind of laugh at Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning does spice it up. Yeah. I mean, I like Aaron Rodgers. I like him, but he's just not going to, you know, when they're asking about the Packers things, oh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, like maybe have a snarky comment or something funny to come back at that. But right. it's just, that's the thing. No Tiger, no Peyton. So, no, I don't think it was as big. We know Jerry, or we know Ted was out on it because he, he's just not a not an Aaron Rodgers fan, worst Jeopardy host in history. So we know yeah. we know Ted was out on it. Correct, hundred percent correct, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but the golf was pretty good, like from yeah. what I see. That like, uh, you know, obviously the pros are going to be good, but I actually saw like the golf was pretty competitive, and I did see Tom Brady saying that he kind of choked a little bit, didn't play that well. So it's kind of funny to see, you know greatest of all time quarterback and you know guys like Aaron Rodgers look like Jared out on the golf course well I didn't I didn't see it I didn't bother to look up the results who won uh Aaron Rodgers and Bryson okay. did. <laughs> yeah I love Bryson too so uh and I'm just rolling with the segues right now uh segue number three of the day Rocket Mortgage happened this weekend. This is kind of a big story, so I'll just kind of give the Cliff Notes version of it for probably a lot of people weren't familiar with this unless you were in the golf world. So Phil Mickelson comes and plays the Rocket Mortgage Classic. You know, one of the, the first time we've kind of had a tournament here in Michigan in a long time. A lot of people were really right? roared up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, very first day, the biggest story that comes out, the Detroit News releases a story that basically 20 years ago, Phil Mickelson um, ripped off some Detroit bookie of uh, 500 grand. And, you know, and the reason that they are releasing it now is basically because these papers did not become available to the public until a couple years ago. And essentially they sat on it until, you know, they had a reason for to write a story about Phil Mickelson. So him coming to the Rocket Mortgage Classic is why they did it. So Phil Mickelson reads it and basically says in a press conference, I'm never coming back to Detroit. And the, a lot of people's reaction was to go after the Detroit News, which I, I didn't agree with. It's like, one, Phil Mickelson, yes, you're like a big name in the PGA Tour, but believe me, buddy, the, the Rocket Mortgage Classic is going to go on with or without you. So problem number two. So that's problem number one with this. Problem number two is a lot of people actually did come to support Phil Mickelson. And with that, you know, the Metro Detroit Golfers, one of my favorite Facebook pages, raised, you know, all this money for this guy. And he basically showed almost no, you know, appreciation for it. He said, yeah, I'll probably come back. But he met the owner uh, who we've had on this podcast, Mike Sullivan. Right. Uh, and he basically, you know, I don't, he didn't blow him off. I don't think Mike took it as like a blow off. But, man, this guy organized all these people to raise all this money for you. And you can't give him more than just a, hey, what's up, Mike? And then keep walking. Uh, it was a video that was posted on Twitter, the two of them seeing each other. So I, I just wonder, am I alone in this thinking? Like, Phil Mickelson, like, one, you're an inside trader, so it's not like you're just, like, this clean, super clean history guy. I just don't understand why we, we he came out and said that, and we said, you know what, we're going to throw our weight behind Phil Mickelson. We really want you to come back to Detroit. I would have said, screw you. Dude, who cares? Well, I have a thought on that. I mean, uh, the Detroit News, I do think it was kind of snarky to publish it when they did. I guess they're in business to sell papers, and that's exactly what they did. They probably did sit on it knowing that he was coming. But I fault Mickelson more than anybody. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think you got to have a little thicker skin, And number one. And he's been in the public eye long enough. Why do you even make the comment like he did that he's not going to come back to Detroit because what, of what if- was said in the Detroit News? I mean, that was that was just stupid to me. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I can see it both ways. I definitely think it's kind of a low blow because you know that the Detroit News was sitting on that article. Ooh, Phil's coming to the Rocket Mortgage. Everyone's going to be talking about it. We'll release it then. So it's a planned thing. And it's, it's also one of those articles or it's one of those things that to bring up where it's like, why bring it up again? Like, this has already been talked about. This has already been put to bed. Phil has already addressed it multiple times in the public and in press conferences and stuff. The thing's already been put to bed. This is like old news. This is like bringing up, you know, like yeah. if, I don't know, like if Woody, like when Woody Hayes punched that player, if you were like still bringing it up like Charlie Bomber. 30 years later. It's, it's kind of, I don't know. I just kind of think like, what's the point in bringing it up? Like that's where I really think it was the Detroit News trying to get some clicks. So that, that's yeah. where it kind of bothered me. But right, to your point too, maybe Phil should have just like almost laughed it off. Exactly. Almost not even address Like just don't even address it. When people ask, just laugh and say, like, whatever, I'm here to play that golf. That 20 years ago. Or something Move on. Right? And I, I w- so... Yeah, I will throw this out in Phil Mickelson's support is I'm pretty sure he has been doing like when he did come to this tournament, he was doing some stuff like donating money to some of like the poor areas in Detroit, helping, you know, build like some houses and stuff like that. So I know he is like helping Detroit. And I think that's kind of where maybe he felt a little bit like 
like punched or stabbed in the back with this whole story when he's doing all this positive stuff for Detroit. But I don't know, just something rubs me the wrong way when this guy basically just craps on Detroit and everybody from Detroit comes in his support. I don't it just it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I have no problem with what Metro Detroit golfers did. Um, Mike Sullivan, I, it, I mean, anytime you raise money for charity, I have no problem with yeah, it. No. But I just, I have a problem with Phil Mickelson and the way he reacted to it. Yeah, it's like you can, you can't give him more than that. I would guess, looking back, if you're Phil Mickelson, he might even agree that maybe he didn't handle it right. I'm just guessing. I don't know yeah. the guy personally, but I, it's one of those things that probably just hit him wrong, and maybe he was asked in a press conference too, you know, and that kind of stirred it up even yeah. more since the news brought it up. Yeah, maybe like the whole Sullivan thing, you know. I, I kind of said it before we started recording, but maybe Phil was already like on his way out, or maybe he didn't even like notice really who it was that was talking to him. I don't know. Like, I don't right. a whole lot into he should have interacted more with Mike Sullivan. I don't really put much into that. You know, maybe Phil was just walking by him and said, "Hey, what's yeah. up?" or whatever. But I guess to me, like, it, it would kind of be like you know, he is like golfers don't have to play in these tournaments. Like, I remember when Tiger would come play the Buick Open. It would be like the biggest deal in the world. Tigers coming to the Buick Open. These guys don't have to come to these tournaments. So I bet like sometimes they do almost look at it. I mean, there's there's definitely ego involved with this stuff. Yeah. You probably do look at it as like I'm like doing this tournament a favor by coming to it. No one would be talking about the Rocket Mortgage Classic unless Phil Mickelson was there. You know, there there was there weren't very many other like big headlining golfers playing this past weekend. So like Phil's probably does kind of see it that way as like. I'm kind of like doing you guys a favor by coming to do this. I'm going out golfing with Tom Izzo and getting all these like photo shots with you know with Izzo yeah. and doing all this other Barry stuff like Sanders. you said, Jared, donating some money to the city. And then one of your like biggest news agencies like runs this fluff piece to, and brings up something from 20 years ago to try and get some clicks. It is kind of a low blow. It is kind of BS. So huh. I actually kind of side with Phil on this now. Oh, well, you <laughs> uh, to be honest, you have kind of convinced me in a way. I guess I I'll, I just I see both sides of it. One, Detroit News is their job; they get clicks. Two, Phil Mickelson probably shouldn't have reacted that way. Three, why are you throwing out this whole Detroit slander? And then four, when these when a whole group of people on Facebook come together to raise all this money just to make sure that you come back to this tournament, just show a little bit more appreciation. I know he had a couple tweets. I know he had you know the little small interaction with Sullivan, but just give me a little bit more. I mean, that's a lot. Four good points, four good points. Uh, by the way, before we wrap up, boys, and we'll keep it on golf here, how about the PGA Tour last couple of weeks, the the finishes? Yeah. You know, eight playoff holes and five playoff holes, I think, right? <laughs> that's pretty incredible, even though I didn't know the two guys that were in the finals. Yeah, that's the biggest <laughs> That's the biggest thing about it. And I'm not going to sit around and parade like I'm the biggest golf fan in the world in terms of watching on television. Yes, I'm going to watch all the majors. But it really takes a lot for me to tune into something that's not a major. But you'll turn, you'll tune it on if they're heading into extra holes, won't you? Oh yeah, Heck oh yeah. yeah. Um, I will say this as a casual golf viewer on television, um, you know, the classic is it played on Fourth uh, of July weekend, which was cool. But the thing that it missed, I think, on television, I mean, you didn't get Jim Nance on CBS, obviously on vacation. Yeah. So if it's not Jim Nance calling the, the final holes. It's almost, it's kind of, man, if I'm Michigan and I'm scheduling this tournament, think about the worst weekend to schedule it. Right. Everyone in Michigan is up north. <laughs> like, it's, I just, I mean, come on, we got to do, we got to think of it better than that, right? But, Whatever. But it, if, I'm glad that we have a tournament. If, if Phil Mickelson was leading down the stretch on Sunday, I bet you would have watched. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole controversy surrounding the guy. <laughs> I don't, I just, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just kind of like, I like Phil Mickelson, but I feel like people go a little bit too like gaga over him. I don't know. I'm just jealous. Yeah, he's pretty damn. Good. I think I, honestly, I think part of it. I mean, yeah, if you look at, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not being the Detroit news here and bringing up. He does kind of have like a checkered past. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? You know, everyone has stuff skeletons in their closet or whatever. But he does kind of have some shady dealings and stuff like that in his past. I think the big thing, really, the thing I probably said on this podcast, I really, in my opinion, the thing with Phil is he came up, it was always Tiger versus Phil. And to me, Phil always seemed like the more, like, relatable guy. Like, Tiger was, like, otherworldly. Tiger was just on another level, almost like he was a a freaking alien or something. He was so good at golf, and he was so kind of robotic with, you know, the public and stuff. But he was just on another level. Whereas Phil, while being great, just seemed like your uncle out there playing golf. Yeah. You know, like this dude, he's, he's lefty, and, you know, he's not necessarily in great shape like uh, Tiger was. So that's kind of always been like the thing that people, that's why they like Phil. Yeah. It just looked like it was 
it was Uncle Ted out there playing golf, winning a bunch of majors. Amen, yeah. brother. Amen. And, you know, <laughs> if he plays it right, he could end up like, you know, Tom Watson and Jack Nicholas at the end of their careers, yeah. you know, become kind of an ambassador for the game of golf. Well, guys, I think uh, we've pretty much covered any everything, haven't we? I, yeah, I, I think so. We, I mean, uh, it's good. It's just I think problem number one, two, and three was your bow, and I'm just glad to hear that that's all squared away and, and it's ready to go in the water. And, and good news, one, two, and three. Uh, Matt's got a new addition to the family, yep. somebody that can take over my seat down the road here on Three Point Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we've, we've talked about if this would ever turn into five point, six point, seven point podcast, so I guess we'll see. Nothing wrong with that. All right, boys, it was good to get together again after a short hiatus. We'll just call it a wrap. Everybody out there listening, we do appreciate your support, especially when you listen to us and follow us on social media. You can uh, hit us up at 3 Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen in, and they include Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association of Michigan, Corona Connection, JJ's Excavating and Tree Service, Hankard Sportswear, Owasso Speedway, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and our studio home, Z92.5 The Castle. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying so long, everybody. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3 Point Pod or by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.